The Davis Vision Spring LASIK Sale is going on now. Get rid of those contacts and glasses and save $1,000. Start your road to better vision at Davis Vision. Check them out at davisvisionmd.com or call them today at 801-253-3080. That's Davis Vision. All right, question of the morning. Are you fans going to root for Urban Meyer in the NFL? And people are all over the map on this one, PK. They shouldn't be. Got people who absolutely are going to root for him. People are absolutely not going to want to root for him. Aaron says, Urban is the only person who's brought a watchable offense to Utah. Why not? (laughs) Okay. Wow. (laughs) Ben, some will. Some won't. No. Can't argue with Gee, Ben. Bing. Spot on. Thanks, Vince Ryder. <laughs> and that's wrong. If you root for Alex Smith, you're legally required to root for <laughs> Legally Meyer. required. Get the yes. attorney general on the phone line. It's law. Your Utah fandom legal rules. You root for Alex because he gave you two great years and then went on to the NFL. That's exactly what Urban did. The, the exact same two years, no less. Brian says, absolutely. Urban brought Utah to prominence when he was here, and he's still always positive when he talks about the U. Why wouldn't he be? And he comes back. He's, when he was out of coaching, they had something, uh, was it last year? It wasn't last year, obviously, with the pandemic. But before then, and he came back, mm-hmm. he, certainly yeah. he does. Why wouldn't he? Yeah, and he pumped up Kyle and picked him. I think it was a Colorado game. Everybody on the Fox studio thing is picking Colorado. I think they were undefeated at that point. They're 4-0 or whatever. And Urban's like, "Mm, Kyle Winningham's got something for him today. I'm picking Utah, and I know you're going to call me a homer. And then at halftime, he's like, yep, Utes are going to win it. You watch. People love that stuff. I think Utah is really where he made his mark that people took notice Yes. No offense to Bowling Green, but it's not at the level that Utah. Well, he had success was. at Bowling Green, but it's not at the level, and nine and three doesn't put you on the national stage. Whereas the first season at Utah, even though it was successful, that didn't really put him on the national stage. But that second year, well, it set the stage. Un- for it the did set stage. the stage right, and going undefeated and breaking the BCS at a point when that seemed impossible. It just didn't seem like it could possibly happen, and it did. So he needed Utah. Utah needed him. It was the ultimate quickie marriage. It was a Hollywood marriage, yes. Ones the Kardashians could be proud about. And it allowed both to help achieve what they wanted to achieve. So they both got both got what they, what want. they wanted. Yep. So your your youth fandom legally requires you if you root for Alex because it was the same thing. Alex left you, Urban left you. Alex left you for more money and a better opportunity. Urban left you for more money and a better opportunity. What's the difference? This one's funny. This <laughs> this one is great. How many people do you know who pity Urban Meyer? Urban doesn't uh, need to be pitied. I don't know anybody who pities Urban Meyer. But this one breaks new ground. Alex, Alex Lancaster posted this. I wish Urban the best because he is walking into a disaster zone. <laughs> That's the first time I've ever heard Urban pitied. Yeah, but that's that's a classic place to walk into because if you get to 500, you're all that. Nowhere to go but up. And you're getting the number one pick uh, in Lawrence, who's supposed to be all that. We'll see if he is. It'll be fun to watch. So you got all that going on there. And, yeah, actually it might be the, the, the best situation he could have gone into. 
and he gets to be the king, nobody will be bigger than him. I mean, he goes to Dallas, you know, you got expectations through the roof, Jerry Jones, blah, blah, blah. Now, this is like a college team at the NFL level right now, anyway, because there's no star bigger than Urban. Everything revolves around him right now. Now, I would assume he would want that to change, and you'd want the players, at least like with Belichick, and have a rival in terms of stardom with Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. And so, you, you know, you, you got to have the players in whatever level you're coaching. I don't care. The smallest to the highest, you've got to have the players. But right now, he's the biggest thing they got going on. So all the attention's focused on him, and how is he going to develop Trevor and all this stuff. It's going to be a fun story to watch. Jacksonville suddenly vaulted their profile, at least for us anyway, maybe not around the NFL or around the country, but for us because of the Urban Meyer connection. Uh, I'm certainly going to be intrigued to see how he does, and I'm not going to doubt him. I think around to me, he's like LeBron James. I'm not going to doubt him until it's over. I think around the league he's a curiosity. If he has some success, yeah. he's a huge story. If Jacksonville keeps on being Jacksonville with one good season every – eight to ten years or whatever, then so what? Uh, but if it takes off, then he's urban making the transition. He's got a ton of charisma. He's a great interview if he wants to be, and he'll be a very big story very quickly. Yeah. But you got to Has there ever win. been a you bigger name to go from college to the NFL? Now, uh, Pete Carroll did it. I was going to say, I yeah. The... I don't think Pete Carroll was a bigger name. Uh, I'd agree because Pete Carroll had won at one place, not two. And he won, and Urban is one in different parts of the country, so he's a big deal in different. Pl- I mean, he's a big I, deal I, I in Big Ten country. He's a big deal in SEC country. He's a big deal out here. Well, that's why I wouldn't limit Urban's winning to two. You you said two. I did places. say two, but even out here, yeah, three. Uh, you know, Jimmy Johnson, Barry Switzer, are I the mean, other guys. They're all big, but they're not bigger. Cowboys makes you pretty big. Yeah, but it was viewed as Jimmy Johnson's team. Mm-hmm. It was viewed like oh anybody could have won with that top talent. So it really. I think that's not, for Barry. Yeah, Switzer, that's Switzer, but I that's true for Switzer, but but not for for uh, Jimmy Johnson because he built him up from one yeah, win. He Jimmy did what Johnson, Urban's trying to do: take him from the he, from the basement to the penthouse. But he didn't have the rep. He had a great rep, but I think Urban had more of a rep. Josh says Urban should have taken the job from Jerry. Dumb move to go to the Jags. Utah, Florida, OSU, all legendary teams. Cowboys, legendary. Jags, blah. That's the whole point. Utah was not legendary when he came here. (laughs) Utah was not legendary. Uh, Not at all, no. And and that was down at that time. I mean, they had removed a coach that uh, they felt that uh, interest was sagging and the program wasn't where where it wanted to be. So uh, they weren't all that. Uh, they, they, they weren't bad. I mean, obviously, Urban studied the roster. He's, he, he spoke about that. Uh, thought he could win and win immediately. But all that stuff, man, I, I just don't understand. Somebody has to explain to me why you would root for Alex with the exact same criteria and not root for Urban. It makes no sense to me. The criteria for your rooting and your fandom of Alex is exactly the same. I guess the one difference would be that players are expected to move on and they're going to go get paid and you can't, uh, can't stand in the way of that or want to deny them that. But a coach can stay and he can get no, paid pretty no. well. 
No, not at that time. There was a there was a limit to where they could go. There was a distinct difference between the BCS and the non-BCS. If it were now, and you're in the Pac-12, I could understand that. But back then, clearly, there was a divide. It's just like the Group of Five and the Power Five. It's the reason why Chris Peterson left. Mm-hmm. It's the reason why Craig Smith is leaving mm-hmm. to go from where he was down the road to Utah. It happens all the time. You would expect it, actually. Yeah, literally, Utah State yeah. understands their program is nothing. If it, if it succeeds at the level that they want, the coach is probably going to leave. Right? Yes. That's the way it is. Yep. If you don't have a local tie that keeps you there... The money's huge, yeah, and Gary, people are going to swoop Anderson in. Did. Yep. Gary Anderson did. Gary Anderson. Matt Wells played. So that, I, I disagree on that, too. Matt Wells played there. Gary Anderson grew up here, still lives here, and both of them had lo- local yep. ties. And, and they, they still, still both left. left. They still left. You're right. Yeah. It's just it's the hierarchy. Urban, ha- Urban Meyer had no choice. What else was he going to accomplish at Utah? What else was Alex Smith going to accomplish at Utah? The the criteria is the same. This is like a Lincoln Kennedy thing going on here. Not Lincoln Kennedy, the guy we have on, Abraham and John. And the freaky nature of all the coincidences of those two. It's the same thing. So your fandom for Alex has to be the same for Urban. No one has debunked my theory and it's one of my better theories this is a great day for me it's a great day to be a pk uh it's also a great day to be steve klauke because every day is a great day to be steve klauke and steve texts in uh we're leaving spurrier out we were talking jimmy johnson barry switzer he says put spurrier in there put spurrier in there yes but i still say no one was higher than urban all those guys belong in the conversation yes absolutely they did Urban, I don't think any of those guys superseded. When you see what Urban has done, and plus he he had a year off at least, what, one year between Ohio State? Yeah, uh, yeah, he worked at ESPN that year between Florida. Right. So his profile just continued to grow higher and higher. It's really amazing. Now, he picked two schools that had pedigrees. It wasn't exactly like digging ditches to get them where they were. Let's call that where it is. I mean, really, when you think about it, his work at Utah was probably his greatest work because he went to Florida expecting to win. You go to Ohio State, of course you're expected to win. You get every resource possible. And Utah didn't. And he won literally at the highest level Utah could win at, as he did with Ohio State and Florida. So what he did at Ohio State and Florida, really, that's what he did at Utah. One at the highest level, right? They they, they couldn't go any more than they, they than they went. I don't think. He got two national titles at Florida. He got another national title at Ohio State. He had an undefeated team his first year at Ohio State that run probation because of stuff that happened before he got there, so they couldn't play for the national title. But three national titles and two undefeated seasons when he wasn't ranked number one—that's a heck of a college career, right there. Right. And Maybe Nick Saban doesn't think so, but everybody else does. He couldn't have accomplished anything more at Utah. He literally went as high as he could go, right? Yeah, they weren't going to let him play in the title game. Right. Right. So they, they went. There was nothing more. Just like there was nothing more for Alex. 
So Alex took the NFL money and ran with it. Urban has taken the NFL money, and he's running with it. The parallels are striking. John says, nothing but love for Urban. And Jeff says, absolutely, I'll root for him. Yeah. Tom says, until he plays the Steelers, sure. Well, you obviously, you probably have an NFL team that's your favorite, and it's most likely not Jacksonville. All the way out here in Utah, I wouldn't think. Maybe there's some. There's there was there was one person <laughs> who, uh, and I'm trying to think where that was. I don't. This is up on multiple things, but somebody said as a lifelong. Oh, Bob here it is. From Box Elder. Aaron is a lifelong Ute and Jags fan. Yes. So there it is. Aaron's the one. I know of two people who are Jacksonville Jaguars fans. They got connections to Jacksonville. But they live here. Well, I know of three. It's good Me. for you. you. Oh, you are okay. Nice. Now that Urban's there. <laughs> you order your Lawrence course, I mean, jersey. I, I, I've always had a thing for Blake Bortles, though. <laughs> Blake Bortles, jeez. <laughs> Bruce says this is going to set PK off. I always love to read the ones when I know it's going to trigger you. Bruce says, absolutely. I can see this helping Utah's recruiting because Urban and Witt are best friends. PK, no, you can't not. have a best friend, can you, <laughs> after you're 12? I mean, when you're 12, you can. No, no, no. You would have it in high school. And I'll even I'll extend to junior year in college. <laughs> then you're done, huh? Well, senior year you got to start thinking about life. So you're gonna move on. Certainly, when you get married, that's out the window. Because if your best friend isn't the person standing or kneeling or whatever it is across the altar from you, you got issues. Uh, Jill is having none of your take on Alex and uh, Urban. She's wrong. She's 100%. And, and the thing about Jill is she's consistently been wrong. <laughs> you don't even know what she said yet. She's already wrong. <laughs> Just on history. <laughs> Jill says, let's talk about Urban at Ohio State and his knowledge of domestic, vi- domestic violence uh, with his assistant. But women don't matter to some, so it's fine. There, PK, I just debunked it. In other news, I had a dream I was trying to park a semi-truck in Santa Barbara. I did a pretty good job. (laughs) Thanks for that bit of randomness. (laughs) Well, it's amazing that all the stuff with Urban just goes to show you where our society is, because that's a serious, serious issue, and it's not a joking matter in any degree. It just isn't. So I'm not going to make a joke at, at any form whatsoever of domestic violence. The thing that I draw from it is it shows the emphasis on winning, and we've seen it at the NFL level. But it was, uh, yeah. Well, I guess he didn't. He was at Ohio State when that thing came about. Although they say it happened. Did it happen in Florida? And he ignored it. Two was that part of the deal, or was that just? I'd have to go back and reread it. I don't. I don't know. But the the NFL has proven to. I don't want to say turn a blind eye, but it is not a career killer. It was for Ray Rice, but the mm-hmm. point I'm making is if you're good enough, they'll overlook that. How sad is that? But that's a fact. When it comes, They'll overlook that. When it comes to pro sports, your ability to perform and yeah. your ability to put butts in seats and sell jerseys and sell trucks and whatever else and make money for everybody. Well, win. Yeah, it's, yeah and yeah. win, and winning does all of that. It's like it's, a, it weighted, yeah, it's yeah. a weighted scale. It's not an absolute. It's a weighted scale. If you can't do much of the winning and the selling, then they'll come down on you pretty hard. If you can do a little more, well, then maybe get suspended. If you can do a lot, uh, you might be able to get away with a lot more than the guy who can only do a little. Oh, yeah. I mean, and we all know that. The Bengals had a running back on tape punching a gal, just literally punching her. 
in in college when he was at Oklahoma, right? It's some type of fast food, our version of uh, Rancheritos or whatever that thing was, uh, right? I mean, puncher. Yeah, full on. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> on puncher. But if you think you're talented yeah. and you think uh, that's going to lead to win <laughs> and that's going to put butts in seats yeah. and on down the line, then away we go. Yeah. So that's a sad commentary, but it's like we've accepted it. And Urban, the TV couldn't have gobbled him up fast enough. Now Jill's now Jill's on board with you. PK, true, he will fit in the NFL. Yeah. They definitely it, don't that, care about domestic violence. Mm, it's probably strong, but you can overcome it. Maybe it isn't strong. I don't know. I, I think, I, and, and I'd be speaking for a lot of people here, but I think a lot of people feel like the NFL will do something about it if they feel the backlash growing and they really think they have to. They won't go and do it on their own out of the blue, but, you know, well, Ray Rice is a good example. You know, the, the video, the security video was horrifying to a lot of people. Just, just horrifying. And so they but did. Yet something. his wife stuck by him. Yep. If I yep. remember, and I don't know what the situation is now, but she did stand by yep. him, right? Yeah, I think wow. you're right. I mean, I, I don't know what to say. Good on her, bad on her. I have no idea. I have zero uh, opinion on that. All I know is that was the fact, is that she stood by him. I, I yeah, man, I can't, I got nothing for you on that, but that. We, we t- I don't know how to say it. We overlook it from the NFL perspective. We look the other way. We ex- I think we, we accept deal it. With it. I think we accept we it. Accept it. We accept it. Even if you don't how do you like accept it, domestic violence. Though? It, who, accepts, who accepts domestic violence? Uh, the people who keep rooting for play, and, and I don't think it's just domestic violence. You know, it's. Uh, I think in, you know, with the with the Ravens. And you have a player involved. I mean, there's a murder, and people are stonewalling the cops in the investigation. And you come back, and you just you get a standing ovation and huge cheers. Speaking of Ray Lewis, yeah, it's Ray, the Ray Lewis story. You know, sure. so that's that's. I mean, that standing ovation is beyond acceptance. Well, you're yeah, our you're hero, getting, you're, and we don't want to hear into, it. You're getting into some deep, deep stuff there. I think you have to include race, and that's nothing you ever want to include. Uh, so uh, that that stuff. I think we need to be abundantly clear that Urban Meyer did not commit domestic violence, too. Right? He looked the other way and didn't hold somebody accountable. But he didn't commit it. He didn't. That's part, that's part of the story. Yeah. It's, so, so we bring up... Mixing of the Bengals and Rice, those got well. He wasn't married to the to the gal he punched in the running back in Mixon's case. Rice, I don't know if they were married, but they had some kind of a relationship going. Uh, so it is. Is it different? Looking the other way, I don't know. Brad says I can't root for Urban because he magically disappeared as soon as violations were coming out. Uh, on his teams, plus the problems he had at, uh, at Ohio State. And Taylor says, Urban is higher profile in large part due to his multiple scandals. He wins, and he gets some messy news stories wherever he goes. Uh, he, he didn't have it at Utah, though, did he? So is, is it wherever he goes? Uh, he didn't have issues to that level. Not at all. I don't think he had any he scandal had at Utah. 
Uh, he had players get in trouble, but I think they got disciplined. You know, yeah, players well, got suspended. I, 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 he the one stole a box of condoms mm-hmm. out of the grocery store. Is that what it was? Yeah. I mean, I'm not overlooking shoplifting, but it's also not at the level. You're not putting it at the level of the other stuff, stuff right? <laughs> So. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. David Locke is coming up his weekly visit half an hour away right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The Big Show. The Big Show. With Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. Sam Amick writes for The Athletic and joins us each and every Thursday. Individually, Joe Ingles, Sam, this guy got cut by the Clippers a few years ago, and now he's playing like uh, one of the most important players on a team with the best record in the NBA. It's a thing of beauty to watch. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Remember that old TV show, Punk, when you set up a whole skit and try to trick people? I mean, I would love to wander out to a court with Joe Ingles in a neighborhood where they don't know who he is and take a bunch of people's money, white men can't jump style, because what he does is incredible but it's so unassuming. He's been great, and they obviously have a great thing going. Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7, presented by Big O' Tires, the team you trust. On 97.5, 1280, The Zone, in the Zone Sports Network. This segment brought to you by SNS Roofing. Their huge winner in spring sales then is going on now, where you can save thousands on a new roof. Call pound 250 and say SNS Roofing for your free bid. David Locke, radio voice of the Jazz, coming up in about half an hour. PK, the Jazz off last night, but they got a little help in the playoff race to revisit yesterday's question of the day. You feeling a little better, a little different about the Jazz and race for the top spot after the Suns lost in Boston. They're now two games back in the loss column, two full games back in the race for the top spot, and they still have a more difficult schedule than the Jazz. I think the Jazz are going to win it. I've felt that all along. Uh, I expect Phoenix to lose a couple. I suppose the Jazz will lose a couple, too. Uh, that Phoenix game next week, it's it's an interesting game in that, wow, you don't want the Suns to sweep you, do you? I mean, nope. On. Nope. But, uh, Absolutely not. So that, uh, yeah, that'll be a little more intrigue a week from tonight. Looking forward to that game. <clears throat> but, you know, it obviously could have a, a – swing in the standings and the Suns already own the tiebreaker over you but I think that in the meantime the thing that the Jazz have done very very well is handle these lesser teams you know, they haven't had a, a the Washington one on the uh, 12th of April was the last loss in a good long while where you thought well what the freak you know losing to Dallas and then losing to Phoenix in overtime not not super bad losses, I don't think you could say. Uh, and then the Laker won in overtime uh, last Saturday. We understand the reason for that, right? I mean, everybody and their dog practically was out, and you still you got into overtime there. Uh, so we we can we can easily identify the reasons there. But they haven't had a loss to where outside of the Wizards one, where you go, man, what the heck's going on here? And actually, if you go back. The last two, what the heck's going on, were to Washington, <laughs> interestingly enough, as I just called up the schedule, and then you had one at Golden State at that point. But other than that, you know, they've taken care of these teams, so I expect them to take care of both of these Minnesota games, certainly tomorrow, because as you said earlier, they're going to be as fresh as they could possibly be coming off uh, two days off. It's very rare this year, especially very rare to have two days off, and then th- after having two days off, the, when you do play that third day, it's a home game. 
So not only have you been off, but you've been home. And you don't have to get on a plane to go play the next game. You know, you get on the plane Saturday night, Sunday, whenever they decide to fly out for the Monday evening game. But, yeah, this this probably would be the biggest shocker of the season if they lost this game. I think this race, uh, I'm with you that I think the most likely scenario is the Jazz are the one seed. The best-case scenario for this week, which I think is pretty likely, is that the Jazz take care of these lesser teams. They beat Minnesota twice. They beat Sacramento. And they go into that game in Phoenix with a three-game lead because I think the, I think the Suns can go 2-1 and one in these next three games. I guess best-case scenario for Jazz fans, they would go 1-2, and two, and the Jazz would have a four-game lead when they step on the court in Arizona. Uh, but I'm with you yeah, that there yeah. is something symbolic about getting swept by a team. Right. It shouldn't really happen. A lot came on with us earlier this year. I don't remember who the Jazz were playing that they were up 2-0 on, but he was saying it is hard to beat a team and go 3-0 on the regular season, and I agree with him. And I think in this case, and, and the Jazz players know this, they're not going to talk about it. I don't think. They might say something about it, but I would kind of expect they don't. But inside, they're going to go out and maybe amongst themselves in the locker room, like, these clowns aren't beating us three times. That's ridiculous. And so the Jazz ought to have an edge. And I expect it's more likely than not, and I don't have any inside info at all, uh, but I would expect uh, that Donovan Mitchell would be back in another week. I think two weeks for a sprained ankle uh, will usually take care of it. So, and maybe it's worse, or maybe he tweaks it rehabbing or something, and, you know, he's still out, so there's no guarantees. But I think it's more likely than not that he's back and that they're fired up and that they win that game, which means they, the best-case scenario is they're going to have a four- or five-game lead over Phoenix a week from now. Now, the worst-case scenario is the Suns get through this back-to-back in New York and beat the Clippers, and the Jazz screw up the game in Minnesota Monday night. That They beat them here. And then they go up there, and it's hard two times in three days, and they shoot the three really poorly, and they lose. And the, the game, that it's, a, it's, a, it's back down to one game when they step on the court in Arizona. And then Phoenix can sweep the series, tie in the standings, and have the tiebreaker. That's like a week from tonight. That would be the worst-case scenario. But I, yeah, I don't but think, I don't think that's going to play I'm out. I'm not worried about that. I'm not even worried about the standings when they play the Suns. I just don't want you to lose three straight to the Suns. <clears throat> that has more symbolism than any standings. And so, great or bad, you finish second and you got the Lakers on the other side of the bracket. So, either way, you win. You finish the one seed, you got the best record in the league. Good for you. You finish the two seed, you get the Lakers on the other side of the bracket. So, uh, that's either way, you're a winner. So, I'm not worried about that at all. That's... This this doesn't matter to me. Uh, I'm worried about the team. Not worried, but I'm more concerned about the team playing well than what the Suns do. And and I'm worried about concerned about that Suns game because they've beaten you twice. That that's that's the whole thing there. It's this. I I think we're creating something that really doesn't matter that much. This pennant race. I think we're inclined to do that, but I don't think they are. I think it's more important to be playing well because if you finish second, that isn't so bad, Uh, especially if you beat the Suns. Now, if you finish second and you should, although I, I would think that if I told every Jazz player and every coach, you finish second and you play the Suns for the Western Conference Final and the right to go to the NBA Final, do you take it right now? I think every single one of them would sign off. <laughs> sign off like, yes. we have to be the two seed, but you're guaranteeing us the Western Final? 
I'll take my chance. Against Phoenix. Yeah, against Phoenix. Phoenix. Yeah, the, the, basically you're saying that Phoenix and Utah are going to beat the Clippers and the Lakers. Yes. In the second yes, round. Exactly. Yes, exactly. And I think that Jazz would sign up for that right now. And so would they Phoenix, would wouldn't they? Uh, but yeah, that's more. But 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 it's more of a a negative for the Jazz. There's zero negative for the Suns. Oh, you gave us you a top spot and seed. we won. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're giving them everything right. they could possibly want. Whereas the Jazz would have to take a hit. Yeah, for the franchise who hasn't made the playoffs in 11 years. Yes, and, and of course you would. This would be Chris Paul's crowning achievement. All the great stuff that Chris Paul has achieved in the NBA, which is a lot, this would be the best. So, of course, they would sign up for it, and they would publicly sign up for it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they, every single one of them. The Jazz, I don't think they can say it publicly, but I still think that they would say yes because they feel like they could beat the Suns, even if the Suns have the Game 7 down at Veterans Memorial Coliseum, the Madhouse on McDowell. They don't play there anymore, but that was my childhood arena. That would be okay. Uh, One retro game. (laughs) (laughs) I bet they'd pack it if they did a retro game in there. I bet people would come just to be back in there one more time and see the Suns. It's still there. They have the State Fair there uh, every year in in October. And so they would take of course, the Suns would take, but I still think the Jazz would take it, and and I, and I think the Jazz, they want to win, get the number one seed, because if it's a byproduct of playing well down the stretch, I don't really think the goal is at all costs get the number one seed. The, it will happen because they played well and won games, and they'll take it. Right. See what I'm saying? I, think I do. There's a little I, bit of a difference I, I think there's a lot of truth to that. I think you want the the way you would get the the way you'd lose the one seed at this point would be to have the kind of uh, crash at the end of the season, kind of loss. It would violate everything that Quinn Snyder's been talking about about playing your best ball going into the playoffs. And the only way for them to fall out of the one seed at this point, you're going to have to have several nights where you don't play your best ball. Right, and you've got a lot of teams. That you should beat Minnesota Absolutely. twice, San Antonio, Sacramento, Houston, yeah. Sacramento at the end, it's Oklahoma not, City. It's not a difficult schedule down the stretch. It's no, not just, at all. It's just not. If you beat the teams you're supposed to, and if you split with the good teams, you're going to be the one seed. That's all it takes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think they want to play well and keep all the guys healthy. And then, hey, man, if you get the Lakers in the second round, well, here's your chance, man. Go shock the world. Go prove everybody wrong because everybody's going to be picking the Lakers. And the casual or even the hardcore who has no rooting interest in the Jazz is going to want to see. That'd be interesting. Maybe I'll take that back. I was going to say is going to want to see the Lakers. I think the league would want to see the Lakers because LeBron is the biggest draw. and mm. But he's also... He, there's a there's a lot of people in the West who are the choir. so you got two things going here. A lot of people in the West want to see the Lakers lose because they're all sick of seeing the Lakers win. It doesn't matter if you're in Phoenix, Sacramento, Salt Lake, Portland, blah blah blah. And then on top of that, the social issues. There's people who don't like LeBron and what he has to say, and they're going to want to see him lose. And that's growing. This last week, O.J. Simpson came out against what LeBron tweeted. The tweet that he deleted. I don't understand why he deleted it. Once you tweet it, 
what's the point of deleting it? It's because people take screenshots of it. Mm-hmm. So even though it's currently not on your, I guess it's a symbolic thing, but then you delete it and then you rationalize why you put it up in the first place. So even if you delete right it, to, it didn't really go away. Right, it, it didn't go away at all and actually yeah. exasperated it. At, le- at least with, with uh, Al Davis's son, what's his name, Mark? Mm-hmm. He put that thing out. I'm standing by it. Nobody's talking about it today. <laughs> now, obviously, he doesn't have the profile and the 50 million followers that LeBron has. Uh, so Mark Davis, as powerful guy as he is, is not near to the level of LeBron. So LeBron and the people who – and there's a lot of people who basically worship LeBron. I mean, let's let's call it like it is. Let's speak real truth here and and not be afraid of it. I mean, they put him on – the highest pedestal. He is the ultimate role model to a lot of folks. So that tweet, yeah, absolutely, sure. And then I think there's people that LeBron could tweet, you know, let's give uh, puppies to all kids and needy needy kids. How dare he tweet that? <laughs> so you're going to have people over here who no matter what he tweets, they're going to hate him. No matter what he tweets, you know, within reason, obviously, they're going to love him. But I do think this last set of tweets – probably he gained more haters. If you've got OJ coming out and telling you that you're wrong, I mean, that's... <laughs> I don't know that I want... I don't want an endorsement uh, or criticism from OJ Simpson with, with his past. So there's going to be a lot of folks there that are going to have a lot of emotion if the Jazz play that game, or that series, I should say. And so be it, man. If you're going to have to play him in the second round, you know, what's the theory? Everybody says it. Craig Smith said it when he was introduced a couple weeks back. You know, to be the best, you got to beat the best, right? We've heard Mm -hmm. that a million times. Well, this is probably, as it stands right now, what's going to happen. So we just did a whole segment there, and we assumed that that is probably what is going to happen. What are the odds that Denver takes down the Lakers? And the Jazz are in the second round playing the Nuggets. Uh, it's a one time I'd be a Nuggets fan. I, I think it's possible. It's not likely, but when you got a stud player the level of Jokic, yeah. And we don't know how Come healthy on. the Lakers are going to be. We're assuming that we're going to see the Lakers at the level we saw them in the bubble when they won the title. But the look on Anthony Davis's face the last couple of games. Uh, the Jazz game when he didn't play, and then last night when he played in the first half, and he played 17 minutes, a bunch of short stints, get taken out. Are you okay? Are you okay? I mean, it's like four minutes, three minutes, they're taking him out. And the look on his face, and I don't know if he's upset with the way he's being handled, or if he's upset because he doesn't really think he can go two minutes. The leg's bugging him. And he's not going to give yeah, that right up. Right now, though. He's not, right now, and maybe it'll get better. And he's not going to give that up. But the look on his face, he is not a happy guy. <laughs> we is. still got six, seven weeks before they would play each other, though, right? Well, we've got, uh, we're closing in on, what, like three weeks now to the end of the season, and then two weeks for the playoffs. So, yeah, you know, depending on when that series starts, yeah, we're looking at five, five and a half weeks probably, right? And I so think it's a, a possibility for Denver because, I mean, the Jamal Murray injury sucked on all levels. But at least it was better then because you have more time to assimilate without him. Yeah, they got to adapt. As opposed to a week or two before the end of the season. Yeah. You know, having it be a month or so gives you more time. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. We'll run all this by David Locke in 15 minutes right here on 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Number one. 
The Zone Sports Network is Utah's number one choice for sports radio in Utah. From DJ and PK to Hanson Scotty and the Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, the Zone continues to dominate the competition. Thank you to all of you that continue to make the Zone Sports Network Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports station. Your home for the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about is right here. 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK brought to you in part by Davis Vision. The Davis Vision Spring LASIK sale is going on now. Get rid of those contacts and glasses. Save $1,000. Start your road to better vision at Davis Vision. Check them out at davisvisionmd.com or call them today at 801-253-3080. That's Davis Vision. Yak, how you feeling in there? You didn't want to take a DNP general soreness, did you? No, but I am... Progressively getting more and more sore. I had no problems yesterday, but woke up this morning feeling like I'm moving in mud, etc. So, yeah, I got a second vaccination. He's pushing through it, though. I'm all vaccinated. Pushing now. through the pain. When we put on this uniform, no excuses. Put on this uniform. That's ah, an old Carl Malone line. I like I it. I like though, it. So I just keep wearing it out. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I've rallied. I'm better than I was yesterday. Not right, but I will be tomorrow. Well, as right as I get. So, there's that. All right, PK, David Locke is coming up. You got anything you want to hit before we dive back deep into the jazz? You've been lecturing people on Urban Meyer fandom this morning. They root for Alex. They got to root for Urban. People are reluctant on that. I think it's about 60-40 they're going to root for Urban. Is Urban the greatest thing to happen to Utah football? I'll go with yes. It's a game changer. It changed, it changed expectations for uh, fans, administrators, coaches. It showed everybody what was possible. I think that's the better way to put it. it showed everybody what was possible. And you may have thought it could be possible or hoped it could be possible, but after Urban left, you knew it was possible. I'll go with no. I knew you would after I went with yes. Of course you're going to go with no. You want to go with Kyle? You want to go with Kyle to cement it into place for 15 years? You want to go for Mac? No, no, no. No, I'm going admittance into the Pac-12. Oh, okay. Got you across the line and into the group with the big boys. Yeah. That was a major... In terms of everything, but football especially, it was a major, major shift in everything Utah football ever stood. Or now you could say, well, Urban, uh, you got them there, I put them on the map, blah blah blah. But I don't think that winning was all that necessary. Colorado wasn't winning. I think they they had a school in Colorado, and they needed another member. And those uh, old Southwest Conference schools and the Big 8, Big 12 said no. So they needed another school, and they sure as heck weren't going for the Mormons. That wasn't going to happen. So Utah was there. And that Lady Luck shined upon the University of Utah football program because just it's made a massive, massive difference. Now they needed good personnel along there. And then maybe if they were just 
one if they were New Mexico State like in football, maybe they don't get in. But they were never going to be New Mexico State like that had been before Urban came. Ron McBride had put them on a level that had long since passed those horrible times of bygone years before we both got there. Mm-hmm. And with with it, I, I can remember the great Bruce Woodbury by December. So I get here in '93, and I've told this story. And uh, I'm covering Utah basketball, and by December, so I got here in August. By December of 93, I remember asking Bruce Woodbury, what's the deal with Utah football? Why aren't they better? Because, and I'm a complete and total outsider, right, as you were too. Mm -hmm. And we look at the program thinking, and we see, we see the, I start doing research, man, this program really sucked. <laughs> that didn't and take long. I'm wondering. You just yeah. scan the list of seasons yeah. in the 70s and 80s. You're like, whoa, yeah. yikes. Right. Yeah, this is really, really bad. And it shouldn't be, because I'm here, I'm, I'm now in the community several months, right? And I see the city, it's, it's a vibrant city. I see the location isn't that far away. It's still far away, but it isn't that far away. And, uh, you know, the see, I get a little taste of high school football at that point and thinking, you know, they got some, they got a lot of good things going on here. This program should be better. Well, sure enough, it, it was in the process of getting better and it obviously did get better. And now, uh, you're looking at all sorts of stuff that this program, this speaking of football, just football, all, just tons of stuff that it has going for it. And now and everybody's looking at this program, and it's get, it gets universal respect, and it's where it should be. And it's, there's room to go, but at least it's where it should. You could go higher, but you know, there's a long way to go before you're going lower. And you got I think you got a little bit away. You're closer to the top, way closer to the top than you are to the bottom. I think it's fair to say that. So they got so much going for it that, yeah, look at this thing here. So they were going to get there. They didn't need to be a big-time competitive team to get in the Pac-12. So I think the, the ultimate game-changer was getting into the Pac-12. But if you want to go an individual coach and you want to go urban, as you just did, I'm right there with you. DJ and PK, David Locks next. Stay with us.